Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, uh, if you're a first-time guest here, we'd just like to welcome you to Calvary Gospel Church. Uh, this is our Wednesday evening service. Our pastor will be speaking in just a few moments. But if this is your first time here, we'd just like for you to stop by our kiosk in the vestibule and uh, fill out a couple points of information. We'd like to get to know you a little bit. And if this is your first time visiting online, you can do the same thing at that bit.ly link, uh, forward slash connect to CG. And so we're just thankful you're here, and we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we have some giving options we'd like to remind everybody about tonight. You can give online at cgcmadison.org forward slash giving. You can always give in person by dropping off your offering in one of the boxes at, uh, in the near the kiosk area or by the doors. Um, you can always give by mail if you would like to mail a check to 5301 Commercial Avenue, or you can give on the mobile uh, our mobile giving app. It's called Church Center. You can get that at any one of the app stores. Just enter in your phone number, and you can get started that way. And we appreciate all of our faithful giving. Uh, givers at Calvary Gospel Church, it makes our church move forward. Amen. Um, this Sunday, we have some announcements. This Sunday, uh, a, a service full of worship and some testimonies and celebrating the opportunities that God has opened uh, is opening up in 2024. We want everyone to be there uh, January 14th. And at 6 p.m., there's going to be a men's ministry service right here in the sanctuary. So we ask all of our men to come, bring a friend, and plan to go out to eat afterwards. Some, most time we've been hitting Portello's lately, and so bring, bring, a, bring some money for that. Uh, a look ahead, we want to remind everybody Thursday and Friday, January 25th and 26th, is the Wisconsin Midwinter Camp at Parkway Church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, we Typically, there's multiple midwinter camps, so if you see advertising for midwinter camps in Wisconsin, you might see different venues across the state. This is the one that, uh, we uh, ask our church to go to. It's the closest one. It's in Parkway uh, down in Oak Creek. And Brother Rodney Shaw, Calvin Jean, and, and James, uh, Jim Booker will be speaking at that. So if you'd like to be at that, that'll be... A, an awesome time. You can find more information online if you want to see the times and of the services. February 16th through 18th, uh, there's going to be a marriage workshop presented by Ahi and Cami. Uh, they were recently ministering here a couple months ago. They're going to be doing a marriage workshop for us. It's uh, couples. Couples from our church are are being invited. Details for these are on the flyers posted on the doors or in the monthly email that was sent out on Thursday. Just a reminder, uh, we are hosting this at the Waterloo location where the, the new Waterloo church plant is going to be. And so if you if you uh, do get signed up for this and you just assume it's going to be here, it's not, it's going to be in Waterloo. So just keep that in mind. And so let's all stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I know there's many people sick. Uh, I know uh, the the Rivas, uh, Sam Rivas, uh, sorry, Jameson. Uh, Jam Jameson is uh, just recently admitted into the hospital and possibly RSV or some other type of thing going on. And so uh, Jess Rivas is over there. So that's one of the needs. There's many people that have been sick uh, over the last couple weeks. And so we just want to remember all of those that are not here. Um, if you have a need and you're here tonight, would you just lift your hand to the Lord in faith, believing 
that he can touch us no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what has happened this week, no matter what's happened even today, that God is faithful, he's in control, and he's He's always for us, never against us, if we turn our face to him. Let's just do that right now. Lord Jesus, we ask you, God, that you will touch every single person who has their hand lifted here right now. We ask you to touch all those who are sick in body, God. We ask you to move upon the families who are struggling with sickness and other things that are happening, God, this week, God. We ask you just to touch all of those who are here tonight, Lord God, just believing, God, that you can change, Lord, the situations that they're in. You can help them with their health. You can help them with their circumstances. God, we just ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch and to help and to move on your people tonight. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just worship with us for a few moments uh, before we have the word of the Lord? Heaven shake and split the sky. Let the people clap their hands and cry. It's not for us, it's all for you. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. hearts unfold before your throne, the only place for those who know it's not for us, it's all for you. So send your holy fire on this offering, let our worship burn for the world to see, it's not for us, it's all for you. To your name be the glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory. The earth is shaking. The mountain shouting, it's all for you. The waves are crashing, the sun is raging, it's all for you. The universe keeps spinning and singing, it's all for you, Lord. Your children dancing, 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 it's all for you. Glorify and magnify. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Not to us, but to your name be the 
glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Let that be your prayer tonight, Jesus. I want you to receive honor and glory in my life, in my heart, Jesus, in what I do here today, God, in what I do this week, God, in my home, Lord. I want you to be glorified. All glory and honor and praise. 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 Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. I'm 
says to encourage yourself in the Word. So sing this out with me tonight. If you need that encouragement or you know someone who does, just sing it out in confidence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your love, your love. Your love never fails and never lives. He never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives. He never runs out. Praise the Lord, church. So good to be here in the house of the Lord this evening. You can just stay standing for just a moment here. Well, you know what? Go ahead and be seated. I got a few things I want to throw out there before we get started here. If you're a guest of ours, it's such an honor to have you here tonight and to just welcome you. Also, we have a, a few folks that are, a few young ladies that are transferring in. We have Sabrina Noe, which is, um, there she's back over here. So just stand up, Sabrina. So she, you remember brother and sister Calthorpe? A lot of you remember them that used to come through um, every summer for vacation. She attended their, service, their church there in Illinois. But she's from Texas, so, I mean, she's got, she's got it all going for her. But uh, so great to have you here, Sabrina, and welcome to Calvary, Calvary Gospel. Then also we have Morgan Matheson, who's moved down from Spooner, and um, Morgan has taken an interest in Colin Chernikowski, and um, providing Martha's okay with it and approves it, I mean, they'll be married here sometime in uh, around May, I think is what they're shooting for. So first, first of May, I believe. But uh, congratulations to you two. Uh, we've seen Colin grow up here. He's probably the tallest member of Calvary Gospel Church, and uh, so it's so great to have them. And I'm very thankful and excited for them. Also, we have. How many of you remember what it was like when you turned 13? Anybody remember those years? 13. We have Josephine Stone. It's her 13th birthday today. You can thank your dad, Joe. He's like, if you really want to embarrass her, <laughs> make her stand up and sing. That's what he said. I'm not going to make you do that. So, but I'm going to, I am going to offer that if anyone wants to go to Culver's after church and celebrate, Josh is buying. How's that? Yeah. We'll set that table. <laughs> I'm just kidding there. Um, 
but if you are, I mean, I that's Janesville, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. End our fast at Culver's. That's a good way to end it. We are on a finishing tonight. It's the last evening of a three-day fast, and uh, started Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, encouragement during this three days was to pray and fast that God would open up opportunities. We're in a series. This is our series, January series for this year, Opportunity Knocks. We're going to be getting into part two tonight, so I'm going to get right into this. So we're reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20 in the NIV. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. I do believe that God is is concerned and, and he cares about each and every one of us. He cares about how we live our lives. And uh, I want to live my life not as an unwise or wasteful, wasting life, but I want to take and make the best of every day that I am blessed with. So it says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Now, this was written some 2,000-plus years ago. They were under the Roman Empire, <laughs> and uh, it was evil then, and not a whole lot has changed, and we are evil today. Our world is getting worse and worse. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. This is what we're going to be doing on Sunday. We're going to have a special Sunday service where we're just going to have praise and worship. We do have two folks that are going to be sharing some opportunities that God has opened up for them. And uh, that's going to be Brother Nate Neesom, so I'm excited about that. Going to be sharing uh, with us some things. And then also Sister Kate Rivest, who has gone, had recently made a trip to Japan with the UPC, the uh, North American Youth uh, Youth Corps. Uh, and uh, she's going to be sharing some of those uh, highlights with us. But also it says, verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We started this series with an introduction. We covered, we talked about on Sunday about dealing with fear and how that fear is our greatest opponent. We talked about God providing the opportunities and our need to step up and step into people's lives. And tonight I wish to continue on with our theme, and I'd like to start with this point, and we're going to kind of focus on verses 15 and 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. And I want to start off with this point tonight, that faithful obedience keeps us alert. Faithful obedience keeps us alert. Faithful obedience is not about waiting for that one big thing to happen. I've been in this 
church, not this particular church, but I've been in uh, this uh, United Pentecostal uh, church my whole entire life. My father was a UPC uh, pastor and preacher, and and uh, my grandparents were United Pentecostal, and my great-grandparents were United Pentecostal. I've been in this for a long time. Our family has been in this for a long time, and I would say that if I looked over all of my family and the history of, of our family, that faithful obedience would pretty much sum up my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my parents, myself, my wife, and the next generations to come. But you have to understand that it's not waiting for that one big, huge, life-changing, life-lightning-bolt type of experience that happens. So many times it's the little things that you're faithful with and that you're obedient to. So faithful obedience is not about waiting for one big thing to happen. It's more about following him in all the little things so we become sensitive and alert to what our opportunities really are. I remember having a conversation with my father a number of years ago, and I said, Dad, I said, how did you, how have you walked with God for 50 years? How do you do that? successfully, and he said, well, son, it's very simple. He said, I just look at it from day to day. I live for God on Monday, and I make up my mind that all day Monday, I'm going to live for God. And I wake up on Tuesday, and I'm going to live for God on Tuesday, and I'm going to live for God on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday. I've never looked at it and said, well, I'm going to serve God this next decade, every day. He said, I just do it one day at a time. It's that simple. One day at a time. So it's about following him in all the little things we do. And if we follow him in the little things, if we read our Bible and we read just a little bit every day, so many times we feel like we have to marathon read where I have to read chapters a day. Just read a little bit every day and be faithful, be consistent. And God will be, and you will become sensitive to his word, and you will become alert to what our opportunities really are. We need to be faithful. It matches up with what we have in our hearts when our hearts align with his, where that we are faithful, he is faithful. We need to be faithful. And when then as you walk with him, he will reveal the next opportunity to you. Now, we've been on a three-day fast, and the core of that fast and prayer and fasting was about God opening up opportunities for us as individuals and opportunities for us as a church. But I want to give some, some careful, we have, to, we have to be careful because we have to let God's word, rather than our emotions, guide us. I know people that live a Christian, their Christian walk more by emotion than by word of God and by principle. And if we don't, we cannot allow our emotions to draw us into a decision. We have to let the word of God guide us through the process. This is why it's important that we have fasting and we have prayer and we do the two together. 
Because if you're fasting and you're not praying, then what happens is you're just basically getting hungry. A lot of people fast. I, I, I talked to her, my chiropractor. On a, a fa- oh, you, you're on a, a cleansing fast. Well, yeah, that's probably going to be some of that going on, but that's not the purpose behind this. So we have to let the Word of God. We can't let our emotions draw us. God has given us emotions. Understand something. We talked about this a year or so back when we, we talked about the three-legged stool. We talked about uh, our, our, our body, our soul, and our spirit. And, and we talked about emotions. And God gave us, God has given us emotions. It's something that we as humans experience. And, but he didn't. We can't allow those emotions to draw us into a decision foolishly we have to let God's word guide us so when we start talking about opportunities God has given us emotions to enjoy life both the highs and the lows but what God has given to us for good the devil will try to turn around and use that to separate us or drive a wedge in between us and our relationship with God. Because understand something, as we pray about God opening up opportunities, not every opportunity that's going to present itself is going to be from God. And this is where we have to be able to differentiate and discernment comes in. Because you have to understand the devil will create opportunities for us as well. Now, you may ask yourself and say, well, how does he know? (laughs) It doesn't take a whole lot to figure out when you get up publicly and talk, call for a three-day fast for opportunities, prayer and fasting, that the devil isn't overhearing or somebody from his kingdom isn't listening in on what we're saying right now. So what, what would be better than to take and just fill us up full of all kinds of wasted, false, pointless opportunities unless we're aware and we become aware. So the devil will create opportunities for us as well, so we have to be very careful. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 said, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, when we look at that good work, what is good work? Good work is really an opportunity. The Word of God, the Scripture, this book right here. How many of you ever, when you were in school, I remember when I was in I think it's probably somewhere in ninth grade, maybe. It might have been eighth grade, ninth grade. And you started really studying the periodic tables of elements and all of this stuff in is physics. Is that physics, chemistry? And um, I remember we had, uh, we had these little bottles of all these kind of uh, minerals and stuff. And, and I, I remember have, picking up one of them, and it looked like gold. Now, I'm sure that I, I'm positive it wasn't real gold because the schools probably don't have the budget to take and put in four or five or six ounces of real gold in a little bottle. But it was called fool's gold. Anybody know what fool's gold's called? Pyrite. It looks just like gold, other than it (laughs) has the same color of gold, has a lot of the same characteristics of gold, but there's one thing that it doesn't have. 
It doesn't have the value of gold. It's called fool's gold. And what the Word of God does in our lives, this is why prayer and fasting is so critical. The Word of God filters out the fool's gold in our lives. And we need to do more than just read the Word and pray about it. We should also seek out, I've talked about this, we also need to seek out godly counsel. So if God gives you an opportunity, and you're not for sure about this opportunity, then you pray about it, fast about it, and then seek out godly counsel when we need to process things. This means speaking with a brother or a sister. Nothing wrong with getting a second opinion on something. Someone who loves God and wants the best or God's best for your life and asking them to help you think through a major decision, especially when it has emotions involved. I woke up this morning to a telephone call, and I, I literally sat in my, my room for an hour and a half talking to a brother on the phone that was making some decisions or seeking to make some decisions and, 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 and just said, I just, I just want to run some things by you as, a, as, a, as, another, as another set of ears, another set of eyes looking in to this situation. And uh, recently someone, uh, we had a meeting with the, the pastors and it was Pastor Peter and Sister uh, Pastor Jess Rivis and they used the term they told me to take home some things and noodle, noodle on it a while. <laughs> is that a new, is that, is that a, anybody ever heard that before? Peter, did you just make that up? Maybe. We have a few people down here over, noodle on it. Now, I, I've heard of noodling before, but that was like sticking your arm in a hole in the water and a catfish suck onto the end of your hand. That's, I've heard that's called noodling but I never heard noodling as going home and thinking about something. So after my fast, I'm going to noodle on some things for a while here. Maybe have a little spaghetti sauce with that too. <laughs> I had to bring food into this. We're almost there. So someone noodle on it, noodle, talk, think about it. Use others to help you filter through the emotions of that decision. While you're receiving counsel, understand, you need to listen. I have people that come up to me, and I know that the minute they start talking, that they're not really looking for an answer. They're just looking to inform me. That happens a lot, especially today. Many times we hear, but we don't listen. And many times we respond just because we, we want to, to respond, we're not really listening. We're listening to respond. We're not listening to hear or to learn. And sometimes we can even, I know of people that have said, well, you know what, Calvary just doesn't have what it takes for me, and I, 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 I want to go somewhere else where that, where that they, I, I want to hear. Basically, we live in a world today where people hear what they want to hear. Our country is very, very divided. We're divided in, in, in moral, moral uh, uh, topics, morality. We're divided politically. Uh, we're divided. We're being divided more and more as class and in, as races and, 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 and such. And, 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 and people want 
to belong to groups that tell them just what they want to hear. I think one of the worst things that you can ever do is just always just listen. This came up in conversation today. I mean, there are times where that as pastor, I, I have to listen to, to father father and, and mother, and then I have to listen to son and daughter. And, and sometimes you, I've made this statement before that I don't always have an opinion on everything. Because sometimes if you have an opinion on everything, then somebody's going to be upset. You don't always have to voice your opinion about everything. People ask you today, what's your opinion on this? You know what? My opinion really has no bearing on this situation. So we have to be careful. Scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. I said this many times. There's a difference between good advice and godly advice. And when you are making a decision, when you're searching out an opportunity and perhaps the only reason I'm, I'm bringing this in so much tonight is I have spent countless hours and hours and hours and hours around tables with the, with the police departments and, 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 and with, with um, uh, different services that the city has because uh, I felt that these were opportunities only to find out <laughs> that not every, every good opportunity is a good opportunity. And um, another way to receive counsel is to take it to prayer. We talked about this. Take it to prayer. Listen to what God is saying. If there's something that you need to do to move forward in an opportunity, you need to take and get counsel, run it by someone else. You've prayed about it. You've fasted about it. You've got counseling. Then you need to take and you have to do it. So if God is opening up an opportunity in your life, at some point in time, Brother Millen, we have to take and actually do something. We can, we, can, we can hear about it. We can read about it. We can pray about it. We can fast about it. God can confirm it. We can get counsel. Counsel can confirm it. But at some point in time, we have to actually act upon whatever that opportunity is that's presenting itself. Now, I find an interesting story here in Luke chapter 5, and, and we had this just not too long ago in our God's Word for Life. I believe it was Pastor Phil Demas that actually spoke on this, this particular miracle. But it was uh, Luke found in Luke chapter 5, 19 and 20, and um, it, it's, it's where we, we, we read the story about a paralyzed man who had four friends. And these friends, <laughs> this is a perfect story for this because these friends had an opportunity, saw an opportunity for a complete healing, and they pursued it. It wasn't the man that needed the healing that pursued it. It was four of his friends. We find the story, we'll read, it says, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd. So here you have these four friends of this paralyzed man, and um, they wanted to get to Jesus, and they couldn't get to Jesus because there were so many people there. So these friends said, how can we get our paralyzed friend right in the lap of Jesus? 
<laughs> this was ingenious, what they thought of and what they did. So they went up on the roof of the house. Uh, can you imagine if we're having service and services going on and the pastor is preaching and the place is packed out and nobody else can get in and all of a sudden we start hearing sawzalls cutting through the roof and we're all looking up on the roof and all of a sudden somebody peels back the roof and they begin to lower down a stretcher. And you can tell there's four ropes and there's four men and there's four heads and you can see a stretcher coming down in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. That's just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> they tore a hole in the roof of this house to get their friend right in the lap of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Uh, can just, just imagine Jesus <laughs> sitting there as dust fell all around him. I can imagine if I could get into the mind of, of, of Jesus for just a little bit, and, and, and he's sitting there and he's teaching, but in the back of his mind, he's smiling and he's excited because he can't believe somebody is going to these depths to fulfill an opportunity for a miracle. And I said this at the conclusion of Sunday morning service. Sometimes we, we pray for miracles and we've been praying that God would open up doors, and yet we're afraid to get up on the roof and cut a hole in the house. <laughs> Jesus is smiling. <laughs> he's chuckling to himself because, you see, he sees something that he hasn't seen before, that here are four men that want a miracle they want this miracle so bad <laughs> that they're willing to cut a hole in the roof of someone's house to lower their friend down. You see, it was faith. This is what we just read. About, uh, it, it's, it's, it's faith. Their faith matched their desire with the Lord's, and there was an intentional commitment on their part to do whatever it would take to bring their friend before the Lord for a healing. Now, we've, we've heard this story before, but this story reminds us or should remind us that when God provides us with, with opportunities and we've determined that we need to respond, we must respond. Now, I'm not advocating that you go out and you saw a hole in somebody's house. But I am saying that we have to be intentional. And church, this season, as we enter into 2024, I believe that we must be intentional and we must stay committed because the paralytic's friends were intent on doing whatever it would take to have their friend healed. And Jesus rewarded their faith and commitment with just that. Is it any different than you getting up and maybe the wee hours of the morning and 
driving across town to a sick co-worker's home because God woke you up and told you to go pray for him, and you drive across town because you're committed and you're intentional, and God performs a miracle in their lives. You see, God wants us to be intentional with our actions. We can read in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16, Jesus gets very plain with his wording. He's talking to the church of Laodicea, and he says, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. What he's saying is, is I know what you're doing. I know what you're thinking. I know how you're acting. I know how you're conducting yourselves on Sunday mornings, and I know how you're conducting yourselves on Monday mornings. I know this. I know your deeds. He says that you were neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I always wondered about that passage of Scripture. And I did a little bit of research, and I looked back into history. What, what is this? Why was that hot nor cold? If you know anything about the city of Laodicea, that the Romans had built a number of what they called aqueducts that they would transfer water. They had figured out how to transfer. They had incredible municipal water systems. This was 2,000 years ago, and they would transport the water, and they would get it from mountain streams, and they would divert the streams, and some of them were very fresh, refreshing, cool water. But around Laodicea, they had a lot of mineral in the water, and it was a warm, tempered water, very much like a hot springs like you would find in Arkansas or, or in, in certain parts of, of the country where you, you go and you have these natural hot springs like out in Yellowstone. So Laodicea, their only water source that would supply the city was a hot water source. High in mineral content, probably sulfur would be my guess, would be the, the, the leading minerals, so the water probably smelled a little bit. But you see, it would travel for miles through these aqueducts into the city. So by the time it got to the city, it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cold. It was lukewarm. And the problem was, was being lukewarm, you couldn't use it for hot teas or coffees, and it was too warm to drink. So it had to be cooled in large underground cisterns that would drop the temperature of the water. So here the writer, John, is using this that he says, you know, you're not hot and you're not cold. You're just kind of lukewarm. And because you're neither hot nor cold, you don't serve a purpose. And sometimes we have to be careful because the Lord is saying to us as a church that when we jump into an opportunity, 
And when God gives us an opportunity, we cannot either be hot or cold or lukewarm. We have to be hot. We, excuse me. We have to jump into it wholeheartedly. We have to jump into it intentional, make it all or nothing. We have to stay intentional and we have to stay committed. We have to understand that, yes, it may get difficult at times when we align ourselves with God, but we have to understand that nothing is going to stop us if we align ourselves with God. We read in Revelation 1.14, these will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are the called and the chosen and the faithful. So as we start off this new year and we make resolutions, we, 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 we take and we make promises, we write commitments in our journals, we need to resolve ourselves to respond when God calls. And we need to filter any decisions or questions that we may have about opportunities through his word. And we have to be intentional and we have to stay committed to the things he places before us in this season. And we don't miss out on opportunities like the rich young ruler that we read about when he came to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And he said, I've done, I've done everything. I've, I've, I've been faithful. I've been faithful. And Jesus told him to sacrifice all of his earthly possessions, to sell all he has and give to the poor. And what happened? The young man walked away sad because he had great wealth. So we can't miss out on opportunities, but rather we have to stay faithful like the paralytic's four friends to all that God intends for us this year. So in conclusion of this particular, this lesson two tonight, in conclusion, as we enter into this year, into 2024, we must be vigilant. Vigilant. I don't know why I'm having problems. Probably because my brain hasn't had caffeine. <laughs> you get up in here and preach, okay? <laughs> I'm just messing. <clears throat> it's really bad when you can't read your own typing. That's one thing if you can't read your own writing. I can understand that. But, you know, when it's typed out, it's like, how do you blow that? But, so we must be vigilant and seeking and searching, watching for opportunities and expecting them to arise. Church, listen, what we do not expect, this is a note keeper, what we do not expect we cannot experience, and what we do not endure, we cannot enjoy. It is what we connect to that we collect. And in Acts 3, 5, we read of Peter and John as they had this opportunity at the gate called Beautiful, and we read about the lame man, and they spoke these words, and he gave heed to them expecting, expecting to receive something of them. So here we have the lame man at the gate, beautiful. 
Brother Mellon, he expected something from Paul, or for Peter and John, excuse me. He expected something. He didn't get what he expected. He expected a little bit of coin. Silver and gold, have I none? <laughs> Peter's like, hey, man, we're broke, dude. We got nothing. <laughs> but I got something. <laughs> You're not expecting. <laughs> but you are expecting. He had faith. And remember, just like the waves of the sea, life is a succession of opportunities. The opportunities that come your way will determine how you grow. If we could stand and if our musicians can come, every greatness in life is a product of opportunity. And toying with every opportunity is toying with a bright future. But our greatest and our most golden opportunity for us as Christians is to be able to take and give our lives to Jesus Christ. So, recapping faithful obedience keeps us alert. And we have to let God's word rather than our emotions guide us and we have to stay committed we must be intentional and stay committed and what we do not expect we cannot experience I want to experience everything that God has for me I want us to experience everything God has for us and God is going to bring each and every one of us different opportunities at different times and different places. We talked about having a marriage retreat coming up in Waterloo because we're looking to plant a church in Waterloo. And we're in the beginning stages of this. But we've secured a facility there. I'll share more of the details with you a little bit later, but I'm excited about what God is doing through us. And God desires to do more. So as we close out this evening tonight, I just want us to take what we've been praying and fasting for the last three days. And then the follow-up of this is what's so critical. We can pray and fast and get it over because that's what we were asked to do and go about with life. But get your notebook. If your notebook is your phone and you have an app on your phone, a note app, get that, keep that. Because God's going to begin to open up doors of opportunity. And we want to be able to take and capitalize on those opportunities. So the follow-up is, is an important, if not more important, than the three days of prayer and fasting. Because God's going to do something. 
God's going to do something. And I'm expecting God to do something. So as Sister Brittany begins to to lead us in worship, I just want to open up this altar area down front. Maybe you've been praying for opportunity and you're not for sure and you just want to talk with God or run it by a brother or sister. I just want to open up this front as a sign of a commitment that, Lord, I want you to use me in this season. Whatever ministry I'm in, perhaps you're in youth ministry or Sunday school or whatever it may be, say, Lord, I want you to use me in in Bible quizzing.
church faithful obedience to God's word is what keeps us alert we talked about discernment knowing understanding who our opponent is let God's word rather than your emotions guide you emotions are powerful powerful but God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing the spirit and the soul. I, 
I have a hard time figuring that out in my own mind. And God's word is just like sharp, sharp, Brother Bronker. And then we have to stay committed. We have to be intentional. And we have to stay committed to his word and to his principles. Thank you so very much for joining us this evening. Now, Sunday will be a little different. And uh, excited about Sunday morning. And then next Wednesday, we'll be going into some very specifics of opportunities. And then we're going to back that up with some of the some of the struggles that we may have and how God has given us power and authority and where he wants us to go. So this is all coming up, but God bless you and we will see you here on Sunday. <laughs> Thank you to our worship team.